You're listening to Girl Talk, a podcast for girls, hosted by Girl Scouts River Valleys. Girls are go-getters, innovators, risk-takers, and leaders. As the premier leadership organization for girls, Girl Scouts sets the standard. Girl Scouts is the girl expert, and in a world full of challenges, we're in Girl's Corner. This episode is part two of a conversation we had with our friend and returning guest, Kadra Muhammad, about what it means to be a leader. If you missed part one, check it out. In the first part, Hannah and Shayna talked with Kadra about leadership experiences and opportunities, what kinds of leadership styles come naturally to us, and some things that can keep us from showing up as ourselves. In this part, we'll get a little deeper into the topic and talk about women in leadership roles who inspire us, how important it is to see women who look like us in these roles, and what kind of encouragement we got when we were growing up. It's all about representation, opportunities, and stepping up, even when you're nervous. All right, let's get into it. So we've talked about our current state of leadership, and now I want to talk a little bit about becoming a leader. So like kind of how we got there. My first question has to do with growing up. Did you feel like your family or the like the culture you come from, your community, encouraged girls specifically to lead? For me, I am a Somali woman, and it's it's weird to think of this, but my brothers were always seen as leaders, even though they weren't necessarily better or <laughs> yeah. or qualified, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It was just and it just came naturally to them. Mm-hmm. Like they were just taught at a young age, like to be strong and to lead and in a different way that I was. Yeah. Where mine was more like domestic, like the household. And theirs were they just knew how to like command a room and they were just always leaders and it wasn't that they were better than me and my sisters at anything it's just that it was more natural for the boys in my family to take on those leadership opportunities and they had a head start Mm -hmm. where they were involved in sports and were captains and it took me and my sisters until like maybe high school to even get out of our comfort zones Mm -hmm. whereas they were just encouraged at a very young age Mm. to take on those leadership opportunities Mm. Yeah, and I'm sure you're, the way you speak about your your parents, especially your father, Kadra, I bet you they loved you and they couldn't wait to see you excel. But like you said, sometimes these unspoken messages and how we socialize folks, sometimes um, we we give a lot more um, support to boys and we think that it's their default sometimes. And, and, and it's all about pr- paradigms and, and, and mindsets and like continuing to nurture our girls in a similar way. I don't doubt our families and people around us, our teachers. I don't doubt that they love us and know that we can thrive. It's just about kind of changing how we do things. Did yeah. you experience that different, Shana? Like kind of what Kadra was talking about where you saw, even not, not necessarily even in just your family, just in the community around you, did you see boys getting more opportunities that girls weren't given? Hmm. So I'm thinking about elementary and middle school. I I feel like girls were seen as like, more leaders and I feel like uh maybe I'm just thinking of specific instances and maybe I'm not thinking about the whole thing or like uh the experience overall I feel like girls were given more leadership and boys were kind of like allowed to take more risk and mm. and like girls were given more leadership and boys were like oh they'll just have challenges or or, or they'll 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 be on they'll be kind of uh fun and rowdy and and girls you guys have to kind of more so take the lead well speaking to that i think that my experience was a little bit like that in the sense that but i think it was a 
it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, it is. I had a hard time explaining it. Yeah, yeah it's complicated. In the sense that I think that there was encouragement for girls to be perfect. Yes, that's what yeah. I, yeah. Right? And I then encouragement agree. for boys to take risks. And I think that maybe the taking risks leads more naturally into right. learning how to be a leader than trying to be quiet and perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I saw at a really young age. I don't know if either of you two can relate, but I remember when our my teacher had a bunch of heavy supplies like that needed to be lifted. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, "Oh, can I get some boys to help me out?" Yeah. And the boys would be the ones to like help lift like the heavy material yeah. and to help set up like the projects that we were doing. So they were the ones who mm-hmm. took on those types of leadership roles. And I think again, we as girls, we were like maybe more reliable and mm-hmm. seen as more perfect, or right. at least we were almost told to be more perfect. Right. And so it was a lot more pressure yeah. for us. But yeah, I do agree that the boys were able to take more risks yeah. and even make more mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. They called on to lead the line and, and those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think perfection is like how you show up. And if we, if you're fulfilling expectations, not, Oh, I want you to support others or use your skills to direct others. There's a difference. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, in your life, who were the women leaders that made you think, I can do this? I actually have my kindergarten teacher, Miss yeah. Rosen. And I actually Google, uh, Googled her. <laughs> like, I just went to my like elementary school website. And I was like, I wonder if she's still working there. And she is. Oh, wow. So I wanted to send her an email. But I was in ESL growing up, which is English as a second language. Mm-hmm. And in kindergarten, I was new to, I was still pretty new to the country. Yeah. And during nap time, I actually didn't take naps. I would sit at her with her desk and she would have me read to her every single day. It was hop on pop, Dr. Seuss. I like still remember the book. (laughs) And she would make me read it. And she was like, no, like you're naturally good at this. You just have to practice. Yeah. And eventually got to the point where I got to go up to the second grade class and get to do English with them. And I got to help out the kindergartners. And so... She really pushed me, and I wanted to sleep with the like. I wanted to take a nap, like I wanted to like <laughs> yeah. d- like play. But she really saw something in me, and I really appreciate that because I love reading and yeah. I love writing. That's one of my favorite things to do. And she saw something in me, and then I was able to help others, yeah, like my peers. So I really appreciated that. So she had you once you kind of had your skills down. You were older. You ended up kind of doing the same thing for the uh, the incoming kindergartners. Well, like my classmates. Like yeah. I would help right. them out. Oh, right. Yeah yeah, 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 And I was just really proud of myself. And she was the one who, uh, again, saw something in me. And I really yeah. appreciate that. And she still works at that school. So I should send her an email just to see if she still remembers me. Because I think that kind, awesome. of, that kind of tugs at what we were talking about just a second ago in the sense that she was doing more than asking you to be perfect and mm. get good grades. Mm. She was encouraging you to try and then like end up helping others. So that's like a different level of encouragement, if that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. she was great. (laughs) That's awesome. When I think of, uh, I was in a youth program called um, Youth Farm when I was growing up and Youth Farm meant so much. It's this amazing youth development organization that's all about cultivating young people in leadership and community engagement through growing food. Like food is the vehicle. And I just remember I was I started that program when I was eight and I went through that program all the way up to till I was twenty two, 
23 because they have a progressive leadership model where different, you know, at different milestones at different ages, you have different skills that you work on, different leadership opportunities you're given. And I just remember being young and Rena Rossi, she was our uh, program director for a while over in Lindale. She was so thoughtful. She used to just talk to me about my challenges, talk to me about my growth. She'd like support me through learning new skills. I mean, I, and in the program, I, I was a, a lead and that means you're a teen staff who works with young people and help them grow food, teach them about empathy, teach them like community, organizing, really cool stuff. That just meant so much to me growing up. It was so significant uh, in my life. And I just think about Rena's patience and diligence and the, and just in youth farm and how much that meant. That was super impactful in my life. I, I, I reference them all the time when I think about growing up. I think for me, women leaders that I like saw and I said, like, I can do this. I think honestly, my mom was one of them. And I know that's a little cliche because <laughs> um, people often talk about their mom, like being an inspiration for them. But my mom has always held like as far as long as I can remember a leadership role in her work. And I think as I got older, it, it hit me more how she was leading and inspired me to, to lead in a similar way because she ended up becoming really like an ethical and cultural leader at her organization, like making the work culture positive and improving, you know, people's relationships with each other and building something strong in teamwork. And I think that I, I look at that for guidance. Like she has a, a strength that I think comes from being a woman that is different than the strength you see in men. And so I think mm. that was something that just, because she's drawing on some of the things that that maybe they sometimes hinder or hold back girls but she's drawing on it as a place from as to be a like something of strength and so i think that she was really an, an inspiration for me and is still an inspiration for me in that sense speaking of kind of women who you knew growing up did you see women who looked like you in leadership roles when you were growing up I did not know. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time I did see someone briefly at my school. I think she was like a, not a permanent substitute, but she was there for yeah. quite some time. And she was a black woman, but she, and she wore a hijab. And I just remember like every, anytime I saw her, I would like run up to her <laughs> and I wanted to talk to her and be just like her. Yeah. But besides that, not yeah. in work, not in the media, I never really saw women who looked like me growing up. And I didn't know how important that was until I saw someone at my school. And I was like, I want to be just like her. The way she carried herself and yeah. how smart she was. I was like, I want to be just like that. So it's really important for, especially as women, for us to see people who look like us yeah. in leadership roles. Because I think it's men take on leadership roles so much because they see people mm, just yeah. like them in leadership roles and i think for us it might be we have to hesitate a little bit because we don't see ourselves as much i think now so we do more but yeah growing up i don't it was harder to see yeah yeah and the work that we do kadra connects is so about representation about cultural competency about like allowing people to shine in the different spaces that they're in and so i think it's really important i feel super excited that we are women of color working with young people saying that you know we we celebrate you and who you are but yeah growing up i mean i, I i'm through this conversation i'm realizing that i did not 
see a lot of teachers. I did not see a lot of youth professionals that look like me at all. But the times where I did, like the times where like there were, I've done, I did various youth programs going up. And the times where there were, I noticed the same thing. I gravitate to them, talk to them. We talk about our hair together, you know, and I noticed that they act like my mom. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Or they act like my sister. Yeah. And I feel that personal, like, homey feeling. Yeah. Because they have traits that are similar to, like, people I'm around at home. You know? And so, yeah, that meant a lot. But, yeah, I didn't I didn't see a lot of women Did, w- that look like me. I'm curious because I, I know about this from just, like, reading things. Did you guys have many black women teachers in school growing up? No. No. And me and my Any? sister. No. Me and my sister actually talked about that where... We would go through like kindergarten, first grade, second grade. None. Yeah. There was a, when I was in first grade, there was a woman of color. She was an African American woman. She was a teacher. I did not get her. Yeah. I've never had a black teacher, a black woman teacher in my whole life. I mean, that's so, I mean, that is so different from my experience. Every teacher that almost every teacher I had growing up looked like me. So I think there is like, there is a different there like I can say that every leader who was kind of you know imparting all of this knowledge and and helping me grow looked like me too so I think that that can impact your self-image and what you think of yourself as capable of yeah absolutely I I actually uh one of the sites that I go to is a like the school's 99% Somali Mm -hmm. and even then the teachers are all white yeah and so even those students who you think that they would be seeing more mm-hmm. so Mali teachers because of the demographic of the students. Right. They don't see it either. And I think it's so important because I went to my brother's conference yesterday mm-hmm. and I noticed that he got along really well with the teachers who were black, like black, yeah. the black teachers. And I saw it like he had better grades and he felt mm-hmm. connected with them. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, like, why is that? And he said that he just connects well with the teachers. And I, w- I wonder what would have happened maybe growing up if I had more of black women teachers if that makes sense yeah i wonder about that too i think that would have been i have good friends who grew up in chicago and they lived in areas where they said it was always like black teachers and they said that was very cool some of them lived in their neighborhood you know so i think that having a different experience i validate and i hold in the highest esteem the teachers i had they were all so lovely so compassionate so patient but it would have been really cool to have more representation for sure I agree. So we're talking about not seeing like women leaders who look like you growing up. Do you see any women leaders who look like you now? Yes, I do. And I was so excited um, when I saw Ilhan Omar mm-hmm. elected um, because she is a visible Muslim, which means that she does wear hijab. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wear my hijab like her now because I love her so much. <laughs> inspiration. Yeah, it's a little inspiration. Um, and she's also a Somali woman. And in Minnesota, it's the biggest population of Somalis outside of Somalia. I think that's so important that um, our leaders represent what our state looks like. Mm-hmm. Can you tell our listeners who might not know at home, you know, what is what does she get elected to? What is Elon Omar's like role? Yeah, so she is the first Somali woman to be elected into Congress, mm-hmm. and she has just done so many amazing things and came from a similar background that. Me and a lot of my Somali friends mm-hmm. came up. She came to the United States as a refugee, and she was able to go to college, and which is not an easy task. And 
she had a vision and she had dreams and she's living it. Yeah. And it's amazing to see all the Somali girls like on Instagram and Twitter, my friends talking about her because we didn't get that a lot growing up. And now we're seeing more visible Somali women in a different, a lot of different aspects in media, Mm -hmm. not only in politics, but also on other things as well. Yeah. There are actually just three Somali women on the cover of Vogue. And I thought that what? was... Yes. Really? That's I didn't amazing. know that. That's very cool. Yeah, and that's never happened before. Right. So now these younger girls are going to see a lot more women who look just like them. So I think that there are definitely small strides happening. But I love the fact that Ilhan is able to advocate for herself. And she has a lot of different identities, being Somali, being Muslim, being a woman. But she's still able to stick up for herself and she's able to lead which is not a very easy thing to do so it gives a lot of us like oh like she can do it then we can do it as well. yeah oh, totally. yeah yes and it was really cool she actually at uh last year at our girl scout day at the capitol one of our young people was presenting at girl scout day at the capitol as a strong leader talking about civic engagement and she was also a somali young woman who wore a hijab and it was arranged for her to meet Ilhan Omar and she was shaking and got visibly choked up and was so, so excited. And Ilhan, I I got to go with her and I was sitting there trying to play it cool, but I was, you know, I was excited too. (laughs) Yeah. I was trying to be cool though. Yeah. Whatever. whatever. The same as her. Just meeting Ilhan Omar. (laughs) And uh, I mean, Ilhan was the most thoughtful, approachable. And I love it when she was giving our young lady advice, she was very concrete. It wasn't generic. It wasn't the script. She was talking about herself and adversity, but just you can see that personal connection because I, and, and it meant so much to our young person to be there and, and see her. And our young person knew a lot about her too. Like she yeah. was like legitimately excited to meet her. So you talking about her made me think about the experience. That's so cool. We all want to meet her. <laughs> want to come on the podcast. Come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, she's incredible. And Something that actually happened with me that kind of resonates her is I was um, at one of the sites that I work at and a young Somali girl was talking to me and she was like, oh, you're me in the future. And I don't know if she like realized how much that meant to me. Oh, but, like, wow. She jokes around that I'm her in the future. Yeah. And so I thought that was really cool because I work with so many Somali girls and I want them to have these dreams and accomplish them and to see more girls that look like them. So oh, what a compliment. Yeah, wow. Look, shouts out to me. <laughs> <laughs> <Maybe Props. key. laughs> so when, when was the first time you guys saw yourselves as leaders? I think the first really big time that I saw myself as a leader when um, at the school that I went to at the U of M, um, I was a student program coordinator. So mm-hmm. I trained the orientation leaders and it was such a scary role. Mm-hmm. I was like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> like, There were 28 leaders that I had to train and 400 plus welcome week leaders that me and my partner had to train. And I was, I, it was really, I love the job so much. And it's one, it was one of my favorite things that I did in college, but it was really hard because my partner was, and my boss was very intentional with this we both had very different leadership styles Mm -hmm. i was like more quiet and 
shy and he was very outgoing and charismatic and was able to just lead a room and mm -hmm. got everybody pumped up mm -hmm. and i was like okay so here's what we're gonna do today like very just like organized and mm -hmm. he was also organized too but <laughs> that was the first time i saw myself as a leader because i would compare myself to him all the time mm -hmm. and i always thought he was more qualified than me and as we went on because we did the job for the whole year i realized that me and him had the same set of skills it's just he was able to express it differently yeah, yeah. was carried himself so well and was able to sometimes fake it better than me where i was yeah. like how did you know that and he was like oh i didn't but he was able to just he was just able to do things that at first i was like i can't do that and i had to find a way that worked for me mm -hmm. and my supervisor um, jenny shout out to jenny i love her <laughs> She pushed me to do things that I didn't want to do at the moment mm -hmm. where she told me that um, I had to talk to the deans of the colleges. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Have, <laughs> have Jake do it. And she pushed me to do it and was like, you're it's going to be nerve wracking. You're going to be the youngest person in the room. You're going to be the only Somali woman in the room. But I know you can do this and I'll be there with you. And it was very hard. But I was like, oh, like, I'm not bad at speaking. Like, I'm yeah. pretty good at speaking. And it took a really long time, but that was the first time where I saw myself as a leader because I saw that I could be a leader in a different way mm -hmm. and I didn't have to fake it. I could be my genuine self. I just had to, it took a while and I had to think about it. Like, yeah. how am I going to command this room or how am I going to do this in a way that works for me? Yeah. So yeah. that was the first time where I really saw myself as a leader. That's such a cool story about the person really pushing you oh, yeah. to do something. Just a bunch of things I did not want yeah. to do. Or I was like, <laughs> I did not want to introduce this person at this event, or I do not want to speak in front of 500 students. My boss is like, nope, you're you're going to do it, and yeah. you're going to do a great job, and we'll talk about it afterwards and process it, but you're yeah. going to do it. And so I was like, I guess I have to. And yeah. so I was doing it. I was like, that was not as scary as I thought it would be, and now more confident doing it next time and yeah i always thought of myself as someone who wasn't a good speaker right and i have my moments where i get a little nervous but i'm not as bad as i thought i was before yeah and awesome uh i i've said this often often to other folks i had a, a really cool mentor in my life who i really value who tells me that when you're nervous about something that means you care about it i feel like the first time i discovered strong leadership in myself was again with you farm they have this awesome program called farm stewards after you graduate from high school it's this like part-time job where you learn how to manage the farms from like farm planning with understanding crop rotation understanding like germination rates maturity rates like you get to learn all this like advanced technical understanding you learn about the hoop house and you help develop plans for it you develop lesson plans for the young people curriculum development a lot of it was like getting families of our young people in the in the surrounding community involved in like like open community events so that they learn about you farm and so that we can give like free or low-cost food out so to increase food access and something i'm really proud of that we did with you farm that I, actually i managed at one point was our CHT garden. So there's a ton of residents who live in the CHT Horn Tower buildings in uh, South Minneapolis. And I coordinated with them to get them set up for folks who are interested in plots. So I'd like, you know, work with them, sometimes work one on one with some residents to help, you know, teach them how to like till the bed or how to like define their bed lines or weeding and 
support them with like you know watering during the day so that or during the morning or during the evening so that it wouldn't evaporate and i'm so proud of that i felt like a leader because we were groomed like very intentionally to like okay what do you need where do you find challenges oh here's some tools and once you know a tool you can run with it you know what i'm saying and like the whole point of farm stewards is to build leadership is to fine-tune your strengths and i that just meant the world to me i was able to list off things like rattle them off because I remember all the cool projects I got to do as a farm store and how it transferred to the rest of my life. Those things meant the world. And plus I was like 18, 19, 20. I didn't think I could do those things at the time, but the other farm stores too, you had a cohort of people who you were leaning on, who are growing with you, who are around your same age, who was in college, man, those things meant so much to me. And also like, it's cool to have something tangible. Like, like Hadra, you were able to like disseminate information about the college and work with folks. And I'm so happy I was able to use like, food and, and community and families and uh to to like work with others and plus like y'all like we talked about before in part one i love people i love community i love building relationships so i'm like what you gonna pay me to go help some people like get their garden set up and crack some jokes i mean okay <laughs> like uh I mean, yeah, Leadership sure. Material. Right, like, I'll, I'll come over, you know, like, oh, I, I'm going to teach some kids how to cook with broccoli. All right. Like, let's, <laughs> let's get it started. Uh, so I, I, I really, man, like, so, I can't say enough about you, Farm. I love them. I feel like something that I noticed about both of your guys' stories, and when I think back on my own experiences of, like, when I first really realized I was a leader, is that it really has to do with being assigned something challenging yes. that you have to persevere through, right? Yeah. So maybe we don't really see ourselves as a leader until we get that big challenge, and then that's when it starts to sink in. Yeah, I think that is such an important thing, especially for our educators to know, because there are times where I was just in class, just hanging out, and my teacher's like, oh, Kadra, do you want to be the person who feeds our pet rabbit for the week? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, of course I do. And, you know, <laughs> I love the rabbit. And then I ended up actually taking the rabbit home for winter break. And so yeah. I was like, oh, like I, like I saw myself as a leader. It yeah. took someone else, though, to put me in that position. And yeah. then the more I was put in that position, the more naturally I put myself into yes. those positions. Right on. Right I on. need a little push at first. Sometimes, like, young people are so thoughtful. Young people are so independent. They're really interested and, like, ready and open to life. But sometimes we will all, young people, adults, all of us, we will stay comfortable. Mm-hmm. We will stay comfortable. And it's so affirming that someone else is like, hey, I want to see you move. I want to see you excel. I want to see you ascend. Yeah. Um, that's a really big deal. Another example, leadership. The Saint, we went on a St. Croix trip at my former job with a youth a group of youth. And our camp counselor who was with us, who was assigned to us for the whole week, was the most funniest, diligent, <laughs> intentional. I'm like, how are you such a great youth worker? Like, all the girls loved her. She was always so inspiring. And, and, and like, we were doing hard things, like paddling all day or, like, you know, learning how to, you know, flip the canoes. I, this woman didn't flinch. I'm like, how? who are you? <laughs> um, her name was Meg. And I remember Meg said, it's not getting outside of your uh, comfort zone. It's stepping into your growth zone. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I said, go I ahead. I like that. I, I loved that. it. So I'm going to steal that. And I'm going to remember gonna what she you. meant to me. Yeah, for sure. So we've all kind of talked about in, in both parts of this episode, kind of what these experiences that we had that helped us to realize that we were leaders or growth that we've done throughout time where we've gotten more and more confident. What do you wish you had known about leadership when you were younger 
Like, what would you tell your younger self about leadership? As corny as this might sound, <laughs> I wish I knew that I was always a leader mm-hmm. and that there were so many things that I didn't do because I was afraid and I didn't think I was qualified for it or I mm-hmm. didn't think I was good at it. And then I realized that it, that around that time of middle school and high school, no one really knows what they're doing yeah. and everyone's kind of just floating at points. Yeah. yeah. But I wish I would have done more learning leadership opportunities because looking back at it, I was just so afraid. And yeah. I also wish I would have had someone telling me like, no, you can do this because it did take me a while to get into the point where I did see myself as a leader. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Shana? What what would you tell your younger self? I would have told my younger self that, first of all, you don't have to be perfect and know all of it before you jump in. Mm-hmm. I feel like like we had the episode, Hannah, about... Um, bravery. Bravery. And remember we talked about how folks feel like, especially women, we feel like we have to have 90% of the qualifications. And if we meet like 80 of them, we're just like, man, darn, that would have yeah. been nice. <laughs> you know, and we Actually, like... Actually, it's 100%. We think we have to have 100%. Thank you. Exactly. That's even, and, that's even worse. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and men think they, they apply when they have uh, 60 Absolutely. (laughs) 60%. And and so I wish I wouldn't have, kind of like what you were talking about, Kadra, I wish I wouldn't have had that mindset. And also, I think two other things is I wish I would have realized it's okay to make mistakes and that everyone's kind of trying. Even the leaders that you have in your life in different ways, like they're still trying to find their way through too. Or there's things, areas that they don't know that they have to kind of learn in before they can support you. And last thing is I feel like, because I can be a very silly person and, and a bit out there, I feel like I thought that those weren't okay to bring to the table when you're a leader. Yeah. You're supposed to just be like, you know, serious, serious, like kind of rigid. <laughs> Stone face. Right. <laughs> and if you did anything outside of that, if you were funny, if you were a little silly, if you were a little personable, then you were like kind of strange or, or you weren't being a leader. Yeah. And I, and I notice now I do it. And of course I have to like regulate cause sometimes I'm a little too silly <laughs> and I have to like sometimes hold it back, you know, like remember that you're also trying to get something done. Can't turn every, uh, Trash can into a basketball hoop. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Is that and tell a everyone saying? to watch you. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, like I, I wish I would learn that it's okay also to uh, have relationships and, and um, have some fun when you're yeah. supporting a team. Yeah. Yeah. I think kind of related to that and sort of what you were talking about too, Kadra, is that I I think that I would tell my younger self that you don't always have to be liked by everyone yes. when you're a leader. Um, totally. I think that I've like caused myself a lot of grief and anxiety and panic and worry over making sure that people really liked me all the time when there were situations when what I really needed to do was be the voice of a hard change or the person who says critical things or or whatever it is and that you know that's part of my growth that's part of their growth we're all trying to get better and so I think that yeah learn I would want to tell my younger self that like to let go of that worry and to really focus on having that strength from empathy and then knowing that when you need to, to say the hard stuff or be more kind of assertive, that that doesn't mean that people aren't going to like you and, and that maybe them liking you is not really that important all the time. <laughs> Which is so hard to do. Yeah. Because, yeah you want people to like you, but... Yeah, sometimes we're so hard on ourselves where we think like, oh, if I say this to someone, they're going to hate me forever. They're never going to want to talk to me again. And then you you realize that that's not the case at all. Yeah. And I also think I would tell myself that it's okay to 
to be a follower i think that yeah it's also okay baby steps because growth is important so let's say i wanted to be captain of a sport even though i'm yeah. bad at every sport it's okay <laughs> to start off as just going to the games and trying out for the team and starting at like yeah the b team or something and taking yeah. those baby steps like it's okay to start off doing like the baby steps of it and then yeah because that's also important too again sure. like resisting that narrative that you have to be perfect especially yeah. on girls yeah yes. awesome i always enjoy having a lovely conversation with you guys and diving into the ins and out of life but also uh, we need to dive in and do some debating and the way we're gonna do that <laughs> is by welcoming our awesome producer idell to give us this great would you rather that i've been thinking about since we started the episode but you haven't been thinking of the question because it's a secret i've You've already tried excited. to pry it from you it's not going <laughs> to happen you've been trying to look at my paper i know but i don't let it go all right you guys ready yeah or would you rather yes okay would you rather be able to run at 100 miles per hour or fly at 10 miles per hour run <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Quick. Yo. Okay, so yeah. here's the deal. I've been thinking about this. She just said that is it like uh run. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like a duh. Right. Y'all, because okay, so here's the deal. I kinda like running. I um picked up jogging a couple of years ago and uh I noticed when I'm like hanging out with my nieces and nephews or like at the park, I actually enjoy running. I haven't done it in a while, I need to pick it back up. But I think it would be really fun. Plus, I like when you're running, especially like if you're running in a park with like trees and you know, like a nature area in the summer or in the morning. It's like fun to check it out. I don't know. I think I would enjoy it because I feel like is, it's a way to sightsee. This is like really oh, fast that's a running. Good point. It's like so fast. Okay, so here's the deal. I want to be one of those joggers. Some joggers li literally leave their house and like run all far and then they run back. Yeah. This would make me feel good about myself. You could run for like two minutes. Yes. And go really far. All right. You you convinced me. That's what and you we're could, doing. You could run to Duluth. Oh my God. Because oh, I know you love yes. going to Duluth. Oh my God. That's yeah. such a. You'd get there so fast. It's a done deal. Yeah. I love it. It would take like 20 minutes. To yeah. Be there. I, I, it's I need, over. I we, need more information about what that type of speed really like looks like so like, what uh, what's an example a fast car like you know how like a car like a goes race like 80? car and or then, like yeah. a baseball goes 100 yeah. miles an hour and then the 10 10 miles per hour is like a that's a slow it's like walking if you're, mile like 10 miles per hour is like if you're driving through a parking lot that's yes. exactly okay. how it's okay. that's ten well miles yeah. per hour. Okay. Like like it's really hard to make your car go <laughs> ten miles so an funny. hour. Can you imagine me up in the sky like, <laughs> like yes. so slow? Like it would be like you're, you're <laughs> flying sort of like a goose, like a really slow. Yeah, goose. almost like sightseeing flying. Like yeah. if you look over here, yeah. To the left. yeah. So really the question is like, do you want to be able to get places fast and feel like really awesome, or do you want to be able to fly and like float around and look at stuff? Yeah. I have a couple of points. <laughs> Point one. Yes. First of all, <laughs> I am scared of birds. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so you at wouldn't 10, have to look like a bird. No, but at 10 oh, miles per hour, yeah. they I couldn't get away from that. Like, oh, they would always be around. I'm going to lose it on this bike. <laughs> they would always be near me, and I couldn't <laughs> escape them. So, <laughs> and, so I don't want to be up there especially going 10 miles per hour and that's legit yeah okay and also running the mile 
growing up in middle school and high school was so traumatic for me. Ditto. It's so it was hard. So traumatic, so embarrassing. I hated it. I actually had a teacher, Mr. Minnie. He was like six foot five. I thought it was funny. He didn't. And <laughs> he did not think it was funny. And he was like this army guy. And he, so Monday, Wednesday was, um, we would go into the workout room. Yeah. And then Tuesday, Thursday was extreme sports. And every Friday we had to run the mile. And if you got over oh, 10 minutes. really intense gym class. Yeah. <laughs> and if you got over 10 minutes, you wouldn't get participation points for the day. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And that's yeah. hard when you're not a runner. Like, yes. as a kid, if you, like, aren't a runner. runner. It's so hard. It's so, it's so hard. Yeah. hard. And that's pretty fast. Yeah. yeah like, it, it's it pretty is, fast. It is fast, especially if you're not a runner. It's yeah, fast if that, you're not a runner. I remember when we used to have to run the mile, we used to run a little bit every gym period. So I think that I had a better time because we were already getting yeah. used to it. Yeah. You know, but also we if, if, if when I was in gym, if you stopped running the mile – you would get uh, points deducted. So, um, but there was a little nook where we all would like. <laughs> <You hide. laughs> Y'all not playing. It was in a doorway where we'd all kind of like crouch down a little bit and you can't be seen. And then you wait till the teacher's looking a different way and you reemerge. Like, quick, yeah. quick, like sort of saunter. Like wiping off your face. Like, oh, that was yeah, really hard. It was really like, strenuous. <laughs> well, so you want to like get out there and kill it. Just like oh, run. Oh, yeah. Just yes. zoom. That would have made life so much easier yeah. and less embarrassing. I got. There was one time I ran the mile in a running class I took at the U of M and I was the second to last person to finish. And the person who was last had a broken leg. No. And <laughs> walked the entire thing. And she didn't oh. even do that much worse than me. And then afterwards I threw up everywhere. No. <laughs> yes. So you have like, traumatic experience. Oh, I'm Contra. telling you. You just need man. to be able to run hundred miles per hour. Yeah. Oh, I would have yeah. been. Yeah. Man, that would have been so great. A plus. A plus. Like, no, I would have got. run hundred miles an hour. I would have got all my participation points. <laughs> Uh-huh. You wouldn't have had. You wouldn't have had to have had no code. No. <laughs> but it was all like I can't believe how much respect we all had too. No one would like fight over it. We just like you know after we catch your breath, be like all right, bro. Yeah. Like you'd like tag someone like, else. Okay, in. it's your like, turn. Like, yeah, we so like, go stand in the else. doorway. Yeah. <laughs> That's so. We didn't even help each other. Like look up to like. Oh no no don't run yet. Yeah. All right all right go go. Okay. Like, <laughs> right. It's good teamwork. Thank you. No, that's good teamwork. <laughs> it, we, we probably would never talk to each other in the hallway, but at that time. Uh-huh. We were we there were was in the a mutual <laughs> understanding. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay, so I think I would pick flying at ten miles per hour because I just want to leisurely float through the yeah. air. I think that sounds great. Um, it would be cool to be able to like go high up and like leisurely float through the clouds, which really you would just become soaking wet. So I guess that's not like, super exciting. <laughs> but on a hot day, Hannah. Yeah, on a yeah, hot day. Like, Minnesota, we have yeah. our winters, but we get hot. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. So I would like to just be able to like leisurely float above it all. And I'm not afraid of birds. I quite like birds. Oh, <laughs> so really? You've I can about bring my before. binoculars and yeah. do a little like yeah. sightseeing. Oh my so, gosh. Mm-hmm. That, but I remember you're going slow. really fast. Oh no, never mind. No, that's we're running. going really slow. slow. Very slow. <laughs> Very slow. But that's yeah. okay because it's not about getting somewhere, you know, it's about enjoying yeah. the journey. <laughs> but make sure you wah, don't fly wah. too far away from home because it'll take a long time <laughs> to get back. It'll take a long home. time to get back. <laughs> yeah. I'll get an Uber back. <laughs> oh, it's dark. Yeah. Your they'll, be like, can go they'll be like, why are you wet? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you have to bring like a like a uh, towel in your backpack yeah. for the yeah. Uber ride, like for your cloud floats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what would you pick, Idel? All right, so I think I would pick I would pick flying, even though the running thing is like pretty awesome and. You could just, I mean, running really fast would probably feel super awesome where you're just like in a flash. But I also feel like it would be really freaky. Like people would see you on the highway and be like <laughs> looking over at you and you're like waving and then like running faster than their car. So I think that would be weird. Wait, wait. Um, but I. Is there a caveat where you can run up to 100 miles an hour or you only run 100 miles an hour? I think you can run up to. Yeah. So yeah. Then you can, then you yeah. can go even slower. So then you Sorry, but I'm going to I'm gonna pick flying because I, I just think flying would be really cool. And just like floating around and looking at things and like. I'm just going to like fly to work. It's kind of a nice day out, I think. <laughs> that would be really Whatever. nice. Um and I I like have dreams that I can fly all the time and I and it's never fast. It's never like a superman flying. It's mm-hmm. like I can just like fly. But it's always sort of scary in my dream where I know like this should not be happening. <laughs> yeah. But I'm kind of also really intrigued and having a good time. So, I think it would be cool. I pick flying. Nice. We have a 50-50 split. Yeah. <laughs> Ask your friends. Duke it out. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's time for Girls Pick. Hi, I'm Maddie. I'm in 10th grade, and I'm on the Girl Scout Press Corps. And these are my picks. I really love Sheldon Allman's Folk Songs for the 21st Century. This album has all these playful, fun songs about the future, aliens, scientists, robots. It has it all. It's a lot of fun. I also really love Janelle Monae's emotion picture and album, Dirty Computer. It is a beautiful work of art that really showcases Janelle Monae's full range of expression. I adore it. It's also having to do with sci-fi and robots. And both of these really impact my writing. Uh, I'm really into science fiction in general, and that tends to come out in my uh, journalism work as well. I'm very future focused. And so both of these albums and with Janelle Monet, the 30 minute short film, they just really inspire me. Girl Talk is brought to you by Girl Scouts River Valleys. Our hosts are Shayna Woods and Hannah Gilbert. The show is produced by Adele Erickson with audio editing by McAllister Grant. For more about the podcast and our team, go to girltalk.girlscoutsrv.org. See you next time.